Hello, and welcome to the PLYMC's Library Anywhere podcast, where we discuss books, programs, and all things library-related in Youngstown and Mahoning County. Hello, and welcome to another episode of our library podcast. I'm Sam, here with Sarah and Mallory. This month, we will be talking about National Novel Writing Month, or NaNoWriMo. Mallory, what is NaNoWriMo? NaNoWriMo is a nationwide writing marathon, and it attracts hundreds of thousands of participants each year during the month of November. So it started in 1999 as a less formal group of friends doing this writing challenge. And then it, uh, NaNoWriMo itself became a 501c3 nonprofit organization in 2006 and offers tools, resources, and community to support participation. And then it also hosts uh, events for writers. Um, So the challenge starts at 12 a.m. November 1st, and participants are supposed to write 50,000 words of a novel, not necessarily a complete novel. If it's going to be a long one, you're supposed to write 50,000 words during the month of November. So you have until November 30th at 1159 p.m. And if you do take on that challenge, it averages out to writing 1,667 words per day. Um, So once you've finished that, you can upload your work at the end of the month to the NaNoWriMo site, which is nanowrimo.org. And they also have some more information. They also have a course of videos and exercises to help you participate. So if it seems a little scary at first, you actually have a lot of support through NaNoWriMo. Wow. That. I probably would need a lot of support. Um, I'm sure we also have a lot of resources too. Uh, Sarah, what kind of resources does the library have for people interested in writing a novel? Oh, when I was first asked if we had any online resources to help with writing a novel, I originally thought we mostly had resources that would help people find fiction they enjoy reading, such as our Reader's Advisory resource of novelist. And a lot of the resources we have that help students write English papers, such as literary criticism resources like the Literary Reference Center. Plus, we have lots of other ones in our research guides that teach you how to do research and write a research paper. So I took that question as a challenge, and I learned a lot from it, because when I checked our online resources for how to write novels, I discovered we have some really great resources to highlight. Our new LinkedIn learning resource, it was Linda until this past May, is also a good place for creative lessons and classes. I just did a keyword search for novel and found lots of courses, such as write a best-selling novel in 15 steps. When I searched writing fiction, I found some classes that could help with writing a marathon, or with, a, with a writing marathon, such as productivity hacks for writers and writing under a deadline. Reversing the words search to fiction writing found courses like Writing with Flair, How to Become an Exceptional Writer. So there are a lot of ways to find some great courses for this NaNoWriMo. Another resource is Universal Class. And this has some classes to help you with how to start writing, like Novel Writing 101, Creative Writing for Beginners, or Creative Writing 101. And if you're not ready to jump into learning how to write a whole novel, Universal Class also has Writing the Great American Short Story and Nonfiction Writing 101. You can also find other writing courses by just searching writing. I admit that not all the classes I found were geared towards writing a novel, but 
I just found it really neat that there was so much and so many different types of classes for styles of writing available. That sounds really interesting. It sounds like we have a lot of courses. So if that's what you gravitate more toward than compared to reading a book, it sounds like that'd be a great place to start. But also, I like that you mentioned um, there are resources for how to write short stories because NaNoWriMo is a huge challenge and maybe not everybody is ready to tackle 50,000 words. Maybe they want to write a short story of, you know, five to 10,000 words. So I really like that. Yeah, I thought that was great, too. There's even poem writing in there. But you don't necessarily want to take a whole class in writing. There's also a lot of ebooks available in both Overdrive and Hoopla. Searching the phrase how to write a novel in our Builder Commons catalog finds the Overdrive titles of How I Write Secrets of a Best-Selling Author by Jenna Ivanovich, and even some really good nano-rhymo-appropriate titles like Romance in a Month, How to Write a Romance, or Book a Month, The Foolproof System for Writing a Novel in 30 Days. Hoopla has some other titles. They have write a novel in three days if you want to try and be even more extreme on writing your novel as quickly as possible. <laughs> if you get tired of reading about writing, there's even a movie documentary called Put Your Heart on the Page, An Introduction to Writing by Ann Perry. And the TV show, Writing Great Fiction, Storytelling Tips and Techniques. It's part of the Great Courses series. And there's lots of audiobooks on writing fiction, too. And finally, we really shouldn't forget the print resources found in BiblioCommons catalog. If you're experiencing writer's block, check out books like The Story Cure, a book doctor's pain-free guide to finishing your novel or memoir by Dinty W. Moore, and a title perfect for this podcast, No Plot, No Problem, a low-stress, high-velocity guide to writing a novel in 30 days by Chris Beatty, the founder of National Novel Writing Month. Wow, it really sounds like there is a ton out there to help you with the writing process. Um, and listeners, be sure to check out our library blog as well for a list of all the titles that Sarah mentioned and how to find them. Um, so Sam, you also had some ideas about starting the creative writing journey. Yes, um, a lot of what we've talked about so far is geared towards teens or adults, but I love finding ways to get younger children in the mindset of creative writing. There are many ways to do this, but there are two options I've used quite a bit. One that I really like is using storytelling cards with a who, what, where format. You can do this one-on-one -on -one or in group settings for teachers, and there are cards out there you can purchase, but they're also pretty easy to make. There will be a blog available with cards that I've made that you can check out and print out and use to get all set. But the cards are divided into three piles. One is a hoop pile, which can contain people or animals. The second pile includes things or items like skateboard, ball, or cloud. The third pile contains a scene, such as home, park, or a zoo. A card is then drawn from each pile to create a basis of a story that the kids can expand on. An example is an elephant with a skateboard in the house. This is very basic. Um, I ended up with this combination with a group of kindergartners, and I actually wrote out the story they created on a flip chart, and it was hilarious. The elephant obviously got into all sorts of trouble and broke the skateboard and really wasn't supposed to be in the house that he was in. It was great. 
That sounds adorable. And those cards really sound like anybody could use them, not just kindergartners. It would be a lot of fun. And prompting like that takes some of the pressure out of coming up with a premise off the top of your head. So again, if you're not quite ready to tackle such a big challenge, something like this is a really good gateway. It is. And you know, you talk about how it's not just for kindergartners, but it, I mean, I thought that that was really helpful as an adult as a way to take the pressure off. So I think it's helpful for kids to have a starting point when learning the components of a story. And another option I like to use is our wordless picture books. They don't have any text. It gives children an opportunity to imagine what is happening on each page and to create their own story. It's another one that I like in a group setting that you can write down as well. You can search for them in our library catalog, but some are a ball for Daisy, the boy in the book, and Flotsam. Those are pretty popular ones. It's never too early to be thinking about creative writing. And you mentioned a ball for Daisy in particular. I love that one. It's perfect even to start with two or three-year-olds. Such a great book. <laughs> Me too. I love a ball for Daisy. And I love books that work for a wide range of ages. I love working with kids in this area, but I've never been much of a writer myself. How about you, Sarah? I must admit that I'm much more of a fiction reader than a writer. I think in part that I tend to be extremely left-brained rather than right-brained creative. I don't really logical on how I tend to think, which is maybe good with computers. But in my mind, I have often imagined stories, particularly from dreams, usually relating to something I've recently read or some of my favorite fiction series coming up with continuations of the story. And this past year, I've been doing my best to really work on my creative writing by taking part in creating blogs for our library's blog site. And what I really consider are mini blogs, all the different Facebook live readers advisory chat intros that I did this last year. And I just want to give a shout out that I am a big fan of the Bulwer Lytton Fiction Contest to write the world's worst opening sentence for a novel, which runs year round with the winning entry picked in late July or August each year. This Whimsical Literary Competition honors Sir Edward George Bulwer Lytton, whose 1830 novel, Paul Clifford, begins with, It was a dark and stormy night. Um, that sounds like a really funny and interesting contest. I'm a little bit curious to see what other contests like NaNoWriMo and Bulwer Lytton fiction are out there. But I do finally want to just mention even if you're not interested in publishing or even sharing your work with other people, because it's a little scary to have other people read your work. Um, creative writing just, it has a lot of benefits um, for people of all ages. And so you can just do it for yourself. Don't necessarily do it to entertain other people or with the intention of publishing. Because for um, say younger children, it increases students' resilience. It can help them with building vocabulary and organization skills. Those are essential to not just reading and writing, but um, many life skills, um, whether for school or fun. And then creative writing also helps people in less tangible or obvious ways. Um, there's a lot of research out there about how creative writing can foster imagination, enhance empathy, build confidence, and some studies even say it does help improve your emotional, psychological, and even physical well-being. So again, even if NaNoWriMo isn't the challenge for you, we hope you'll check out some of the resources we've mentioned. And as I mentioned earlier, we will have a couple of blogs to help 
get you started and guide you towards some of the things I've mentioned, including some of those studies that talk about why it's so good to take up creative writing. So hopefully you'll find something that uh, is right for you to start your creative writing journey. Thank you for joining us today. And remember to check out those blogs and join us next month. Thank you for joining us this month at PLYMC's Library Anywhere podcast. And make sure to visit our website at www.libraryvisit.org, where you can always find more great things the library offers. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, please tell a friend. Also, check our Instagram feed or follow us on Facebook at Library Mahoning County or find us on Twitter or YouTube at PLYMC. And be sure to tune in next month for our next episode. And thanks for listening.